Hello, my name is Renee. And if you love music as much as I do, I totally recommend you check out my new podcast series. It's called Break It Down Again with Renee. And what I do is I grab a song from the past and I break it down for you. I tell you little details about who, what, when, and where it was recorded and whatever happened around at the same time that song was released. It's fun and you might find out a couple of things that you might not know about it. So don't forget to check it out. Break it down again with Renee. Available everywhere you listen to your podcasts, like this one, the one you're listening to right now. Are you ready? All right, let's do this. Grab your coffee. Hello, welcome to another episode of Grab Your Coffee with Rene Pineda. I am your friend and host of this show or podcast, Rene Pineda, and I give you a huge, huge virtual hug and a welcome. So a few days ago, I posted something asking you guys, which was your favorite Christmas movie? To my surprise, 314 of you, or 313, I don't remember, voted for your movies and out of those 313 votes that I received, I divided them up based on popularity. And I picked your top three. And believe it or not, about, I'm going to say maybe 30 were rogue. Meaning they didn't follow the crowd. They didn't follow um, everybody else's choices. They went on their own. And I'm going to mention those groups too. But we're going to start with number three, which was your top three movie. Now, the reason why I'm doing it is because uh, maybe most of us uh, have our you know holiday movie session going on right now, especially with you know Christmas around the corner, and when there's a movie that gets us into the spirit of Christmas, right? Just kind of warming you up, butter you up before the actual holiday season. And for me, this starts right after Lo que viene siendo Halloween. I get into Christmas spirit really quick. I love Christmas, not as much as Halloween now that I'm older. But definitely love Christmas time. And there are a few movies that I watch, like There's No Tomorrow during Christmas time, uh, which I will share with you at one point. Not not today. I think that's going to be a whole separate uh, podcast, a whole separate show just for that. Today, I want to share the ones that you guys picked. And um, we're going to start with number three, okay? Number three is a movie that, again, you guys picked this one. I think embodies Christmas very well, and it was the hit of 2000. I think it was probably the first movie from the new millennium that made it that big. And we are talking about How the Grinch Stole Christmas with Jim Carrey. You guys, your words. This is not me speaking, okay? Um, You remember that being the first movie from 2000, which you're right. It was filmed in 2000. (laughs) (laughs) This one made me laugh because you guys all mentioned at one point or another that you know a Grinch in your family and your friends at work. Somebody knows somebody that's a Grinch. And it's true. I think we all know someone that's a Grinch that doesn't like Christmas at all, which is okay because not everybody has to love what everybody else loves, you know. But again, we all know a Grinch, right? And the third thing that you guys mentioned 100% accurately was that there are quotes from that movie everywhere. It's true. We all at one point or another have said the word fabulous the way Jim Carrey says it in a movie. Somebody's fabulous, right? I mean, at least I know I have. 
And see, that's a that's another thing about Renee that you guys might not know is that I have SRAM, and that doesn't mean random access memory. It's stupid random access memory, and that's because I will remember the stupidest things from the stupidest movies or big hits like The Grinch, and I will randomly say them. Um, I love movies. Uh, and if they make me laugh, I will remember the lines. If it's a movie that I absolutely fall in love with, I will randomly access one of those thoughts on or those scenes on that movie and, you know, blurt them out loud. And that movie definitely had a lot of those, a lot of those scenes where you say things from the movie even now. So what do I think about the movie? I think it's a great movie. I would have to say that This is definitely Jim Carrey's finest performance, bar none. He makes you laugh. He makes you feel bad for him. He makes you feel good. <laughs> it's a, definitely a roller coaster of a ride when it comes down to a movie. And it's amazing to think that even though he's covered up with all that hair and that makeup and all that stuff, you can still see his faces. You can still see everything that he's known for. You know, he, he can do so many things with his face. He's very expressive, obviously. It's amazing to think that um, they had to rework the makeup for him because it was very limiting. I don't know if you knew that, but that's a fun fact. They had to rework that makeup because you couldn't see his expression. So when they put it on him, they couldn't see his his movements with his face and all that. They were like, you know what? Mm -mm. Production said, let's halt this right now. Let's make it so that they can actually see his expressions. And I'm so glad they did because you can still see Jim Carrey underneath all that. Even though he's got green eyes. I mean, I mean green, like Lagartija green, you know. He, he, can, he still comes through that role. And it makes me think, you know, when you see all that green hair, was he naked during the first half of the movie until he puts on those overalls when he's yodeling? Hmm. I mean, I don't want to perv the whole thing up, but I mean, was he naked? Just just, just putting it out there. Also, that song, uh, Where Are You Christmas? I think that's such a grown-up song, don't you think? She was like, what, five, six, or maybe even seven at the time, and she's singing Where Are You Christmas? That song is for somebody that's, I don't know, between 20 and 40 years old, doesn't know that Christmas is here, and wants to know why he or she has forgotten about Christmas and why it's not as special as it was growing up. I don't know. I think that's a really sad song. And I did not realize how sad of a song it was until I got older when Christmas started coming around and I had to force myself to get into the holiday season um, feelings by watching movies. Yeah, there comes a moment in time when you... you grow up so much that instead of feeling happy for Christmas, you kind of forget the feeling. And that sucks. But it's still definitely a grown-up song. Oh, what is the magical moment in this movie? The magical, magical Christmas, Christmas moment. moment. Moments. But what is that Christmas magical moment when you catch what it's all about? And we're going to call it that. I think, for me at least, It is when he's at the top of Mount Trumpet and he hears the Who's singing down below. And you can totally feel the moment just freeze because you can hear the wind blowing. Right? And then he says, it came without ribbons. It came without tags. It came without packages, boxes, or bags. I think that's the magical Christmas moment. 
when he realizes that Christmas is not about that. And that's when we catch a glimpse of what Christmas is all about, really. It's not about the gifts. Gifts, 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 gifts. It's not about that. It's about the time we spend with our family. It's about how we come together, even if it's just once a year, to enjoy our company. I think that's awesome. So I think that is the magical Magical Christmas Christmas moment. moment. All right. Um, Number two. You guys picked this one. Again, these are your top three. We're going to number two now. This is a movie that I think is definitely in my top five. There are so many movies for Christmas that I love, but I think this one is definitely up there for me. Uh, And I am talking about a Christmas story. I asked you guys why it was your favorite movie, and you guys were very clear about one thing, and that is that it's more of a real family feel. And I think you guys nailed it. I think that's the biggest thing about this movie. The takeaway on this is that um, I think there is a dad in every house that has that feeling of, I must fix this. Um, We also have the mom that's always cooking and cleaning and keeping everybody, uh, you know, going. We all have that. I think we all have our parents that are always bickering, you know, arguing, talking about what's right, what's wrong, what is supposed to be, what it's not supposed to be, (laughs) whether the star is straight or it's not. We all have our parents like that or somebody that we grew up with that's always bickering back and forth about who's right and who's wrong. I think that's, uh, that's what makes this movie even more real. Which brings me to the next point that you guys mentioned. The mom and the dad remind me of my parents. That is what you said. You guys said that. And quite a few of you said that, actually. And the other point that you guys made was that they were simpler times. Now, I don't know anyone that lived during the 30s. But based on the movie, which was made in the early 80s, um, I would like to think so, too. I think they were simpler times. Uh, They weren't too heavily commercialized just yet. Christmas back then was a lot simpler. I think they just had radio, which was everywhere, right? But there wasn't that heavy advertising that we get nowadays. So I think that's what makes that comment very smart from your guys' behalf. Honestly, that's a great thing to say. They were simpler times. Now, what do I think about the movie? Besides the fact that I get emotional with this movie, I think it's great because um, the message. I think the message... uh, is very clear. Now, if you've never seen this movie, uh, spoiler alert, okay, here comes the, the 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 ending of the movie, basically. Um, as kids, we don't realize how much our parents are willing to give up to make us happy. They will go out of their way to make your Christmas dreams come true, if we may. Sometimes they tell you, yeah, we're going to do it. Sometimes they tell you, no, it's Santa's had a rough year or whatever. But parents will make it happen for their kids, whichever way they can. And that's when I get emotional with this movie because throughout the whole movie, he's telling everyone, Ralphie, what he wants for Christmas. What I want for Christmas. What I want for Christmas is a carbine action BB rifle, right? He's telling everyone. He tells his mom. He tells the teacher via a theme, which was an assignment. 
and then he tells Santa, and he tells his friends, but he never bothered to tell his dad because his dad is a strong, silent type, Mr. Fragili. And at the end of the movie, when they're done unwrapping gifts, the dad asks him, did you get everything you wanted? And he says, no, almost. And the dad says, almost, huh? Well, that's life for you, kid. And then he looks over and he sees this box and he says, hey, what's what's that over there? And then, you know, the kid, Ralphie, runs over to the box and he grabs it. The mom, the mom doesn't even know what it is. And out of the box comes his gift from his dad. The gun that he'd been wanting. Whew. Just to think about it makes me um, tear up. Because I think we all at one point or another uh, wanted something so badly. And we don't even know how it got there under our tree. But it, it's there. I remember when I, when I, when I got... My Nintendo. Oh, my Lord. My first system, by the way, was a Sega Master System. Most of you guys probably think that I'm a Nintendo fan. In reality, I am a Nintendo fan. But first and foremost, I am a Sega fanatic. Um, so my first system was a Sega Master System. And my dad bought it for me uh, right after I received my report card when I was a kid. And I got all A's. And he said, all right, let's go. And... He bought it for me, and, you know, I was proud walking down the street with my Sega Master System. But what I didn't know was that he had saved up his lunch money for a couple of months, anticipating that I was going to get good grades. <clears throat> Sorry. And uh, he bought me my Sega Master System. I found out about him skipping lunch years later. Um, but this this is what I mean, you know. We don't realize how much our parents do for us until we get older. So if you still got them, call them up or whatever and give them a thanks and say thank you for everything you did for me as a kid. <clears throat> All right, I'm going to have some coffee because I'm kind of a little emotional right now. Okay, so that's um, a Christmas story. If you haven't seen it, please do yourself a holiday favor and watch it. And now we've come to your guys' number one pick. You guys picked this movie, and I think it's a great movie to, to watch during the holidays. Your number one pick is Home Alone, part one. Not part two or three. Don't even mention three. Actually, that doesn't even exist. Home Alone is definitely the, 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 the movie that you guys picked as your number one. And I'm not surprised at all that this movie came in in the first place because this was an event for most of us as kids growing up. This this movie, based on what you guys are saying, it makes everybody feel young again. And you're right, it does make you feel young again. It takes you back to that year. That movie takes you back to that particular time and mo uh, uh, moment in time where it's frozen right in your head, right there. Um, some of you guys said that it was the first movie you ever saw in theaters. I think um, a lot of you guys said that, actually. Uh, and quite a few of you guys said that it gives you the warm and fuzzies every time you watch it. What can I tell you about this movie? I mean, we can go as far as getting super technical. 
or we can keep it loosey loose. You know, uh, let's start off with the fact that the movie was almost canned. Most of you may not know this, but when it was being, um, it had already started production, actually pre-production, and Warner Brothers was going to be the original um, release company. The the film company that was going to release it was going to be Warner Brothers, but um, when they realized that they were over budget by, I'm going to say, five million more or less, they said, uh, you know what, nope, that's not going to work for us. Luckily, John Hughes at the time, who um, who I think is a 1980s film god. If you don't know who John Hughes is, Google him right now. You'd be surprised how many movies he made that you've seen and didn't realize that he had either written them, produced them, or directed them. He's going to surprise you. If you don't know who it is, then you definitely did not live the 80s. He had already been talking to someone else. Uh, that worked at 20th Century Fox, and he said, hey, listen, here's what's going to happen. If Warner Brothers bails on you guys, don't stop working. The moment they cut you guys loose, call me up, and we'll take over the production. And that's exactly what happened. Warner Brothers said, you know what, we're going to skip on this project. Never mind. And one of those... uh, uh, Film executives came in and started telling everybody to get out. Basically, all right, the movie's shut down. Out, out, right? And the person that was in charge of of the floor at the time called up the people that uh, were over at 20th Century Fox. And uh, he said, hey, you know, Warner Brothers just dumped us. Right away, they said, oh, don't worry about it. Keep working. As of right now, you have just become a 20th Century Fox film. And that's how the film took off. The movie's original budget was ten million. They went up to fourteen point seven or fifteen million, something like that. Warner Brothers didn't like that. They said, "Hey, if you can make it under thirteen point five, we got a deal. Otherwise, we're we're canning it." And that's what happened. But as luck would have it for us and them, of course, because they made bank with that movie. Twentieth um, Century Fox had already picked it up. The literally. Minutes after Warner Brothers dropped it. What do we remember about the movie besides the fact that it is part of our our, our childhood memories? Um, Macaulay Culkin. Oh my God. Who does not remember that kid? The first time I saw him, by the way, was with Uncle Buck. I don't know if you remember Uncle Buck. Uncle Buck was a great movie from the 80s. Also, guess who produced and directed that movie? That's right, John Hughes. And we saw this kid who had his own thing going on. And after that, John Hughes started writing something. And he said, you know what? I'm going to get this kid to do it. And sure enough, he was the right pick. They went through so many issues to get that movie filmed. It's not even funny. But imagine working with a with a $15 million budget, which, if I'm not mistaken... Ended up making them 287 or something like that million dollars. Oh my God. And I think the way that John Hughes wrote that movie is just perfect. The whole setting about Christmas and how you're defending your family in your house because two robbers want to break in and take everything that quote unquote is Christmas for you, which is the gifts and the TVs and all that. But... 
that doesn't seem to happen because Kevin's got a plan for that. And that's not going to happen under his, you know, under his watch. The Christmas scenery. Um, my God, so many things. I can, t- <laughs> I laugh every time the pizza boy runs away when he, when Snakes is getting shot up in the kitchen. You have no idea how much I laughed the first time I saw that. I could not stop laughing. All the falls that the wet bandits take. My God, Jeff Daniels, who, by the way, I don't know if you guys know this, Jeff Daniels, who is Marv, remember Marv? He's the tall, the tall thief. He was the voice, if you ever saw this uh, series when, when you were a kid, The Wonder Years. He's Kevin Arnold's voice, by the way. He's the narrator for that series. And he's amazing. He's really good at what he does. And, and believe it or not, he almost didn't get that role. Actually, he walked away from it. Production told him that he was going to be needed for six weeks, right? And he, he said, okay, I'm, I'm on board. But then they called him back and said, hey, actually, we're going to need you for eight weeks instead of six. And he's like, ah, never mind. I don't want it. He walked away from it. And they recast his role for someone else. I don't remember the guy's name. I think his name was also Daniel, but it wasn't definitely Daniel Stern. And what happened was after filming everything, even though Joe Pesci did get along with the guy, it didn't seem right so they recast him. They called Daniel Stearns back and said, hey, uh, are you still interested in, in in this role? And he's like, well, okay, I'll take, uh, I'll do it. And thank God, because that movie would not be what it is today if it wasn't for Marv. I think he makes part of the movie, honestly. he's Joe Pesci is the serious, you know, rough guy. I mean, come on, every word that comes out of him, every other word that is, is the F-bomb, you know? Every single sentence and every other movie that I've ever seen Jeez, he says, F here, F this, F that. Three words, F this, F this, F that. But Daniel Stern's like, he's the one that is dumb, naive. And he's the funny, he's a comedy relief. So I understand why you guys picked that movie for number one. Uh, for your choice of holiday movies to watch. Um, I think the music is very special. The music, by the way, is another story to tell. There are so many things to tell about this movie that make it special. They had already finished the movie, by the way, <laughs> and they didn't like the person that they had picked to make their the score for the movie. So when they were done, they're like, well, you know, we can call the guy that we had called originally. And they said, well, he's busy now with another project. And so they said, well, <laughs> jokingly, right? They said, well, how about John Williams? Yes, John Williams. And they all laughed, but they were serious. So they called him up and guess what? They got him. With that $15 million cap that they had going on, they got John Williams. Now, if you don't know who John Williams is, uh, right? Indiana Jones, okay. Um, You know, Star Wars, that's him also. He has made amazing movies. He has made amazing music for for movies, and they got him. Now, think of that movie that we all know, Home Alone, without the music. It wouldn't be the same. You know, when, when the snow is falling at the end of the movie, that lifts you when the mom comes in. Oh, my God. That Think of that scene without that music. It would suck. So, yes. John Williams definitely elevated that that movie to to what it is. 
it's it's amazing the things that we remember pop culture that scene when when Kevin makes a one man party and i remember clearly being a kid and watching uh Michael Jordan going around on the train you know cuz he's he stuck his 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 silhouette of that one uh poster of him or whatever it is carton cutout is going around that's amazing you know these are things that we remember as kids and now that we're adults we think to ourselves that is an amazing movie and you know what it is it really is even though it was a pop culture movie kind of thing where everybody was watching it cuz everybody was watching it there's a reason why when his family comes home that is awesome but then we get that one part where the neighbor the old man who he's been talking to and was afraid of all this time and befriended him right that scene when he hugs his son boom the magical, the magical christmas, christmas moment. moment there it is on screen as kids we're crying but then as we get older we realize how important that scene is and we appreciate it even more i'm sorry that's just that just gets me all the time it's a really good movie if you haven't seen it which i doubt go watch it seriously go with your kids if you have kids if you don't have kids still you can watch it on disney plus now who by the way now owns uh, all the rights for anything 20th century that's why you can watch home alone 1 and 2 i believe on disney plus as well as star wars of course cuz they own everything now let me get some more coffee and so you guys those were your top 3 movies for christmas time you guys pick those honorable mentions these are movies that you guys also mentioned but didn't make the top 3 okay home alone 2 that was a good movie family man that's another great movie Gremlins, <laughs> that one got some votes, and then National Lampoon's uh, Christmas Vacation. That was the other movie that you guys uh, said was one of your favorites to watch during the holidays. I think it's awesome that we all have our list of things, and because of the fact that a lot of the movies that I love were not mentioned, guess what? I'm gonna make a part two uh, to this uh, podcast. And I'm going to tell you which ones I recommend you watch because they weren't on this list. These are movies that I personally love and I think you will love too because at the end of the day we're all looking for that magical, magical Christmas, Christmas moment. moment. And I'm going to write up that list and I'm going to grab maybe 5 of them, write them down and then share them with you so that you can watch them um uh, maybe right before Christmas or el 24 with your family. I don't know, but I would love to be a part of your Christmas in one little way, even if it is just by playing a movie that you guys selected because I told you watch it it's good. That would be the awesomest gift you could give me, just to watch a movie that I recommended. Don't forget to follow me on Instagram. You can find me as Rene Pineda or Rene Alaire. Rene Alaire. Keep smiling. Don't forget that Christmas is only here once a year. And don't forget to think of me. Every time you grab your coffee. Bye. Hello. I really hope you enjoyed that last episode. If so, be sure to subscribe and turn on your notifications. This way, you'll know every time I drop a new episode. Also, if you're enjoying the content, why not help support the project? Either one. 
grab your coffee with Rana Pineda or break it down again. You'll find the link in my bio on my Instagram page. Look for me under Rana Pineda or Rana Alaire. Thanks for the support.